0: Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today I'm very excited to introduce you to Patty Faye. How are you doing, Patty? And where are you hanging out right now?
1: I am doing absolutely great, and I'm hanging out in Longmont, Colorado. I can see the beautiful Rocky Mountains out my office window.
0: Oh, I, lo- I would love to have a peek. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so Betty Faye is a physician leadership coach and host of the License to Lead podcast. She lives and breathes physician leadership and loves to dig into neuroscience, I think your mission to guide leaders and leadership teams to create a positive and productive organizational culture is remarkable. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, Patty.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's really a pleasure.
0: So should we get to it? Yes. All right. So my first question for you is, um, who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face?
1: Well, I'd say that my ideal client is a physician leader who is very committed to patients. So an excellent clinician who also wants to make a difference for patients in a bigger way, uh, on a bigger level. So he or she sees the need for systemic change in the organization, and they see a role for themselves to have a broader reach and uh, an ability to make a bigger impact. And the challenge that uh, my clients and physician leaders and physicians in general face, and maybe I'll divide this up into externally and internally, um, but externally, they're just managing uh, overwhelming requests. So they're managing all sorts of complex interpersonal dynamics. I mean, every single person around them uh, is a whole universe of struggles and competing priorities and dukkha, suffering to some degree. And medicine is often led or managed by people who have what I call a BSM or business school mindset. And this is more of a focus on profits instead of patients. And so this creates conflict between physicians and, uh, you know, who prioritize patients and those who are often managing or leading the organization. So it's that clash of values. Um, uh, So those are all External challenges. And internally, I think it's a big challenge for physicians to navigate their own limiting beliefs about what they're capable of and how they should function. And I think the healthcare organizations that are most in need of excellent physician leadership are the organizations that are really in the grip of this profit oriented, sort of toxic culture. Uh, And by definition, if If you're in a toxic culture, everyone, the nurses, technicians, physicians, managers, everyone is in at least a low grade threat state. And in reality, uh, oftentimes they're just a conversation away from being, you know, in a full on amygdala hijack. And we know from neuroscience that we're so highly sensitive, even disproportionately sensitive to threat and our social environment uh, the interpersonal dynamics is the biggest source of threat and stress and distraction and dysfunction. Uh, and we can't think very well when we're in a threat state. So I like to put a, you know a spotlight on the sorts of things that create threat at work and talk about how to mitigate that threat. And it's super important for docs to realize how they might be creating threat and how they can reduce that so their teams can be more effective and uh, of supreme importance so their teams can take better care of patients.
0: Well, I, I appreciate that you uh, highlight the, both uh, of these areas, the external and the internal. I think it's super important to have that, yeah, uh, holistic approach uh, to that, uh, to these systemic challenges. But uh, I think also the, the system, it, there should also be systemic solutions uh, to that point. And uh, what are common mistakes uh when they you know uh, your clients make typically in these boundaries of these uh, systemic challenges so to speak um to trying to solve that uh, these kinds of problems
1: yeah i would say that the uh one of the most common um mistakes is really just not recognizing the role of interpersonal or social threat at work So all of the competitive dynamics, the snarky comments, you know, the exclusive old boys club at the top, um, people who are disdainful of others, incivility in meetings, even the role of meeting management, which can waste people's time and rob them of autonomy, or the propensity to promote the people who want to be promoted rather than those who will serve. And elevate everybody else around them. So it's this not recognizing that a toxic culture does harm to real people. And another common mistake is that leaders will try to suppress threat instead of just looking at it, just turning the rock over and identifying what's creating the threat and surfacing that and facing it. Uh, And we know that trying to suppress our own threat responses doesn't work. It really increases our release of cortisol and adrenaline, you know, the stress hormones, and trying to suppress the the threat that our direct report or that our teams um, are reacting to, trying to suppress that threat state, uh, that doesn't work at all. It's going to magnify the issue and increase the resistance that the leader's getting from from the team and decrease trust in the leader. So, I help people understand threat states at work by using my acronym CARB. So C-A-R-B. And these are interpersonal motivators, clarity, autonomy, respect, and belonging. So at work, people have to have clarity over what's expected of them, autonomy over their work, because micromanagement can cause a threat state. Respect is the third interpersonal motivator. I heard somebody say that respect is like oxygen. You don't even notice it until it's gone. And then it's all you can think of. Uh, And also being treated fairly is part of uh, the dynamic or the the element of respect. Um, And so if there's favoritism at work or capricious discipline that really threatens people. And then the last element of carb is belonging. We need to feel like we have a tribe. And so all of that sort of the inside jokes and clubby kind of behavior can really threaten that sense of belonging. And and those are the kind of workplaces that just do not develop any loyalty by people who work there. If they, if really carb is threatened at all levels, um, there's not going to be a lot of trust or loyalty.
0: So you've got to have your carbs at hand, so to speak.
1: Yes, yes. The (laughs) brain brain needs carbs. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) carbs.
0: Wonderful. Mm -hmm. So before I ask Patty, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something to our audience. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Patty, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with that kind of issue?
1: I would say to develop or build on your meditation practice. And that might seem like it's kind of an out there thing for somebody who, uh, you know, for decades, I've been teaching and training physician leaders. um, But I think developing uh, and building on a meditation practice will help physicians um, can really help help anyone step back from their thoughts and emotions. So it's so useful to be able to notice like what's going on in a meeting. Why is my heart racing? Why has my face gotten all flushed? What are all these perseverating thoughts? You know, I, he said that I should have said this. Why did he say that? What am I going to do next? So all of those things can be part of, you know, a full-on amygdala hijack. And when we're hijacked, we can't really bring our prefrontal you know cortex to play it it's uh it can be unplugged um but if we are but if we have a, medit- a, a meditation practice and we can just get a little bit of distance from these thoughts and emotions uh, it can help keep us from getting hijacked and if we are hijacked it can help us bring that prefrontal cortex back online a little more quickly than we otherwise would um and i would also say i'm going to throw in another free action it's very related you know, once a physician leader or anyone is aware of the harm that's done by robbing people of their carbs, um, it's so important to take great pains to keep your team out of a threat state. So, um, you know, the, your, your direct reports brains are not working well if you're allowing a threat state, much less if you're causing the threat state. And, and so we really, uh, want people to create the best work environment, um, and and it can help. It can go a long way if you pay attention to the carb factors um, on behalf of your team.
0: Wonderful. So the, the uh, you know the the insights are I appreciate very much sharing these insights. These are super helpful. And uh, coming back to also the the, the first uh, that you shared is the I think I like the the polarity of these things, and uh, they they create that. Um, you know spectrum for us to be uh, of awareness between the high performance and the meditation the calmness the the conscious uh, consciousness being like like it's on the other side of the spectrum so I think that duality so to speak is the training that uh, you should uh, well at least engage more in and be aware of that there's a possibility to address issues is that fair
1: to say? Yeah, I think that's terrific. It's it's like you're really preparing yourself. You're giving yourself the gift of this training through meditation, so you can be you can go forth into the workplace and and really serve people and and stay out of that threat state yourself and be dedicated to keeping your team and other high performers out of a threat state.
0: Wonderful. Uh, so, we talked about CARP uh, already. So, um, I would give you the opportunity to share a free, valuable resource uh, that you can direct people to that will help with um, that kind
1: of issue, maybe? <laughs> uh, absolutely. So, we've got a great workbook on our website, and it's called The Four Interpersonal Motivators. And it just provides a boatload of information about CARB and how to use the acronym to change the culture uh, on your team. And the title of the uh, booklet is Reduce Threat and Support Your Team in Turbulent Times. And it's got a bunch of discussion prompts and prompts for reflections, which you can also use to launch a team discussion. And uh, folks can get it uh, by going to my homepage at fayconsulting.com. Fay is spelled F-A-H-Y consulting.com. And you can download that resource.
0: Oh, wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Of course, we will put the link in the show description so folks can download it. Thank you so much. Great. So, Patty, what's the one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience?
1: Well, in addition to all of your uh, cool questions, you might have also asked, you know you've talked about carb, Patty, but which of these four uh, elements are most important and I'd say they're they're all important, but um, I'll always start by talking about clarity because if we don't have clarity then we're not clear even what tasks we would want to have autonomy around and we're not clear if this is even a team that I want to belong to and very often in uncertain times when there's all sorts of change being promoted and we don't have all the answers and people are clamoring for clarity, our knee-jerk reaction often is to say nothing. If people are demanding an answer and specifics from us and we don't have that, too often people will go silent will say nothing until we feel certain or, you know, until we've got all of our ducks in a row and we feel like all of our facts are unassailable. And I don't know why we have this really counterproductive instinct, but dodging the questions increases threat and it decreases trust. So the best thing to do when you don't have the answers is to say what you do know. Uh, And I don't know, but I should know by Tuesday, or I should have some information by Tuesday. And when I, when I uh, get that, I'll either, you know, let you know in person or I'll, you know, email the team. So even saying what you will do, even though you don't have the answers provides a dopamine hit. So it releases dopamine. It, It uh, causes a sense of closure uh, and people actually are neurochemically satisfied by that sense of closure, even if you don't provide an answer, but they are totally threatened if you're, you know, being evasive and dodging, uh, dodging the question.
0: Wonderful explanation. Thank you that I asked the question and you answered it so beautifully. (laughs) Wonderful. So I would have picked belonging, the last one, because that's the gateway to my final question, and uh, it's a personal one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why?
1: Well, you know, the um, technical term for goosebumps is piloerection. So maybe maybe I'm the first one to introduce that word on your podcast. Thank you. (laughs) We usually get goosebumps when we're cold. I mean, that's what—that's the most common uh, time that people will describe uh, having goosebumps. I'll often say that I've just, you know, tripled my body surface area when I'm chilled. Um, but it also will will get goosebumps with any strong emotion. And I did have goosebumps about a week ago. I was talking to one of my daughters, and she's overseas, and she's had this really tough situation um, that she's been dealing with at work. And we were talking about it and, you know, I was commiserating with her and she said, you know, I would wish for this, um, I would wish for this hard situation for me to deal with, uh, because I'm learning so much. And you know what? I am getting goosebumps just saying this. So the courage of that statement, it made me emotional. And I told her, you've just given me goosebumps,
0: Beautiful. Yes, I I have them too. The shivers are here. So, and I'm not cold.
1: (laughs) I'm not cold either.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you, Patty, for this beautiful goosebumps moment. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you and I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your generosity and um, thanks so much for raising the energy of the people around you. I think it's just a a real gift. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, you're too kind. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And as always energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at ube.corn.com.